Hello there, and welcome to Not The Farmer's Wife podcast. I'm CJ Steedman, and I'm definitely not the farmer's wife. I am a mum, a partner, a full-time off-farm worker, and enthusiastically a lady farmer. On our farm, Mojo Homestead, we grow chickens, goats, cows, and bees. We practice regenerative agriculture and holistic management. If, like me, you love all things farming and homesteading, and if you'd like to learn from the female farmer's perspective, then I'd love to have you along for the ride. So let's get farming. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Not the Farmer's Wife. I'm CJ, your host, and super excited. <laughs> um, I have just worked out that it's only a month till our November backyard chicken keeping course opens for registration. Uh, so I'm a little bit excited this week and I'm also a little bit stressed because I've got a million things to do before we start. Um, so a couple of housekeeping things out of the way before we get on with today's episode, which is that we are running a webinar, a breeds webinar on the 5th of November. It's 100% free. You can go along and register at www.mojohomestead.net, whichever slash it is, because I always get it wrong. Um, breed webinar which is b-r-e-e-d webinar breed webinar if you go along and register you will be able to attend it for free live when it happens which is 8 a.m sunday the 5th of november Um, if you cannot be there live if you are registered you will get sent a copy of the recording so it's really important if you'd like to um, learn about which breed is going to be best for your particular circumstances to pop along to that webinar and uh, if you know that you can't make it register anyway because then you'll get sent a, a copy of the recording so that that way you'll definitely get it and not miss out Now, the other two freebies that I've got going at the moment are my Backyard Chicken Keeping Guide, which is www.mojohomestead.net slash seven must knows. So don't forget to go along and get that if you haven't already done it. If you're not interested in chickens, then you're not going to like this episode much because we're talking chickens. Uh, But if you're not interested in chickens or you don't need a guide for chickens, I also have just put out a new guide that uh, discusses what you need to know for beekeeping. So if beekeeping is more your thing and you think that you'd like to know a little bit more about beekeeping, go to the same one as before, www.mojohomestead.net slash bees101. That's just B-E-E-S 101. And you can get a little guide to um, what you need to think about to keep bees in your very own backyard. Because I think everybody should have a beehive in their backyard, but I am a little biased I guess you know I have uh seven six of my own I think I've only got six now one of my hives that I caught last year I think has amalgamated with another hive which is fine it probably makes them a stronger hive anyway but uh next weekend I am doing a whole bunch of beekeeping tidy up so I'll know more about how strong that hive is next week anyway Today we are going to talk chickens and what I was, I was actually planning to talk about soil for the whole month of October and I have to be honest, I think soil's probably a really boring topic to listen to. (laughs) It's, it's very valuable and very important, but I think I maybe need to do some YouTube clips for that and not do uh, podcasts. I think soil's probably pretty boring on the old ears. So 
I sat down and was working it out. I get asked a lot of questions because everybody at my work and certainly in my social circle refers to me as the chicken lady. I get asked some really oddball questions. Now, these questions are not designed to make anybody feel bad about their lack of knowledge of chickens uh, because some of them are really way out there and I wouldn't have known if I hadn't have gone and looked for the information years ago when I was trying to work things out. But... I get asked these questions a lot. So if you are sitting there when I go through one of these questions and go, oh shit, I actually really wanted to know that and I had no idea, do not feel bad because <laughs> lots of people don't know. And that's why I thought I would do this. So it's a random frequently asked questions episode <laughs> and it's going to be all about the kinds of things that you'd get asked at a trivial pursuit night or something like that uh, where you might go what the fuck is that real some of them the last couple ones definitely are so we have to address the uh, dinosaur in the room first which is which came first the chicken or the egg and the egg absolutely came first um, when they go back and look at studies on dinosaurs and chickens are related to dinosaurs, they're the closest relation that still walks on the earth, um, eggs were how dinosaurs reproduced. They didn't have live births like mammals. They produced by laying eggs and incubating the eggs and the eggs hatched and dinos, new dinos developed. So I'm going to say eggs came first because they developed from dinos and so you know the chickens came from the eggs anyway on to the weird questions and as I said don't feel bad if you don't know the answer to some of these some of these you probably will know if you're interested in chickens you may already know but here goes so the first one I get is regarding the color of eggs <laughs> I get a lot of questions about the color of eggs but I have been asked um, whether or not my white eggs have been washed or bleached <laughs> because I have brown eggs that I sell a lot of and that's a really common misconception that um, a particular color of egg is either washed or bleached or somehow processed in some way farm fresh eggs so pasture-raised eggs and I'm, I might actually describe what those things are in a minute just so you understand but um, the farm-raised eggs that we have here come in a variety of colours. We have brown, we have white, we have a rosy pink layer. I don't even know which one she is, but one of them up there lays a slightly pinkish-hued shell. And then we have our aracanas who lay blue or green, olive green eggs. Um, and the, the shell colour has nothing to do with whether they're laid in a paddock, whether they're laid in a you know, battery-type situation of hens, nothing to do with it at all and nothing to do with the health of the egg or any processing to the egg the shell color is 100 percent genetically made by the hen that's laying the egg so depending on what her makeup is will depend on the color of the shell and and even insofar as health health won't affect the color of the shell it will affect the texture and the um, strength of the shell but it certainly won't affect the color now, before I go on, I'll just say we have to keep in mind that there are certain terminologies that get thrown around within chicken keeping. So initially we had our um, worst case scenario, uh, battery um, battery housed hens. So they were our hens that were kept in very small cages. They had lights going on them pretty much 24-7, but usually about 18 hours a day they would have 
basking lights on them to make them think it was bright sunlight and they would be kept in cages sometimes with other birds sometimes just in individual cages and they were just egg producing machines they were fed a high protein diet that encouraged that high egg production and they had no bedding they had no access to the outside world they had no access to soil and grubs and grass and things like that now, in most places in Australia, and I think I believe in a lot of places in America, these style of uh, farming eggs has been phased out. And that's because people realise that it's such an awful way for a chicken to live. You know, they produce these beautiful eggs for us and then they give us their meat as well. It, you know, we need to do the right thing by the animal. The animal lives longer, healthier if it's not kept in those factory farm kind of situations. And that goes the same for any animal, really. Um, dairies are probably the one exception where they are in a more um, high maintenance kind of situation. Um, and that's because it's so hard to be able to bring dairy animals back in from pastures, you know, up over the hill to come back into milk. It, the, the strain on the animal coming backwards and forwards into the shed is a lot higher so in those situations dairies are a little bit different but for all other meat producing or egg producing animals having them in a pastured situation is best but there are different terminologies so free range versus pasture raised <laughs> and it's like the uh, chicken in the room <laughs> um, free range could be simply housed in a, a big barn in a in a shed so indoors without access to the outside but to call them free range I think they have to give them a 1.2 meter square area where they can access the outside and that that might be the only access they have to the outside completely so free range is probably not the correct term for that because they're not free ranging <laughs> they're kept in a barn so Perhaps barn laid. I think I have seen some egg cartons in the supermarkets that say barn laid. Barn laid is probably a better description for those free rangers. Um, free range to me would indicate that they're out in the paddock, but that's not the case with egg production. They can put free range on there when they're not out in the paddock. So pasture raised, which is what I raise, those birds are living their best chicken lives. They are out in the pasture. They have access to the pasture 24-7. My birds do not get locked away. They have a mobile tractor that they can access at any time of the day or night and go into. It has roosts in there that they can sit on um, overnight when they sleep. Chickens like to sit up high and roost. They have egg boxes in there to go and lay their eggs. They have uh, feed tunnels so we have little tubings that we pour feed into so they can access feed whenever they want and it's away from predators and they have a merima a livestock guardian dog who's a merima luna who protects them and she lives outside of their fencing but within the paddock that their mobile fence and paddock is is kept in so that no predators can get to them so they are true pasture raised birds they can access grubs grass we move the paddock about once a week um, and they can access anything that they want to live their best chickeny life. So just getting those terminologies out the way. So farm fresh eggs are not brown. They can be any colour. Uh, and uh, barn laid or you know the old battery hens are not white eggs. They can be any colour as well, depending on the chicken. So 
Uh, another question that I get is, what do I feed them to get the coloured eggs? There's a lot of questions around eggs. Um, we don't feed them anything particular to get the coloured eggs. The, they get a healthy, balanced diet. Uh, the eggshell colour is, as I said before, 100% genetically from mum. Uh, it can, you know, dad can obviously have an impact on the genetics of the of the eggs, and and it's a very detailed science um, working out the coloured egg system, as to which rooster you cross with which hen, and it causes which type of genetic features from arakans and blue eggs, and you know the morans who who lay the really dark brown eggs, and then you've got pinkish pinkish coloured eggs as well. Um, so yeah, we don't feed them anything particular. Uh, my green eggs, because I've got two olive green egg layers who are my older Aracanas. Uh, are the green eggs rotting because of their colour? <laughs> no, the green eggs are not rotting. The green eggs are just coloured shells. The inside of all the coloured eggs is exactly the same as what you would get inside of a brown or a white egg. Uh, they look exactly the same. The egg is exactly the same. Uh, it's just the shell that's different. And the shells can vary in colour and they can vary in colour over the life of the chicken as well. So Agnes, our oldest Arakan, she laid bright blue eggs when she was very young and she now lays more of an olive green egg. Um, so as she's aged, we used to joke and say her toner was running out uh, and <laughs> she needed a toner rechange. Um, but but she just, over time, her genetic makeup has, has changed a little bit and the eggs are now coming out as that real olive green. Uh, don't you need a rooster to get eggs? <laughs> that is probably, seriously, that would have to be the most common question I get asked. How are the hens laying eggs without a rooster? Haven't they got to have a rooster to lay eggs? No. Chickens can lay eggs. You can have a chicken that's never, ever been exposed to a rooster. They can live their entire life never having been exposed to a rooster and they will continue to lay the same number of eggs in the same fashion, the same way as what you know, a sister chicken would who was living with roosters full time. Uh, roosters are only needed if you want fertile eggs. So if you have chickens in your backyard and there's no rooster, then all that's happening is you're just getting unfertilized eggs. They're completely unfertilized and we'll discuss fertilized eggs in a bit, but it's no big deal either way. So long as you've got happy, healthy hens, they'll be laying eggs. Uh, so another question I get is, uh, you eat their eggs, aren't baby chickens inside? <laughs> so I, I got in trouble on a social media post a couple of months back because I posted and said, um, I'm selling chicken periods, <laughs> which somebody balked at, I think. Maybe the idea of eating a chicken period was just too much for them. I don't know. They're, you know. At the end of the day, that's exactly what they are. So the egg is just the unfertilized um, ovum, if you like, coming out of the chicken. If um, a rooster is there, then they can fertilize that egg. But when the egg is laid, there's still no guarantee of a chick. <laughs> um, it's a fertilized egg. But if the fertilized egg is not incubated, then there's no chicken inside. So that means you could have, well, all of the eggs that I sell to my customers are all fertilized eggs. They're 100% fertilized. I've seen my roosters out there. They're definitely doing their job. They're out there fertilizing the eggs like crazy. The eggs will never develop into a chick until they're incubated. So you're not eating a baby chicken. You are simply eating an egg that a chicken's produced that can or cannot be fertilized. And until it's um, incubated, 
it's never going to have the opportunity to develop into a chicken. It takes a bit for people to get their head around that. And and if you don't like the term chicken period, oh, I apologise. Sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> it's what it is. And and I still love my chicken eggs. They're the yummiest complete food ever. So uh, the next question, what have I got here? I've made a list of all my questions that I get asked. Um, eggs from backyard chickens are always safer than store-bought. Likewise, I have also had... Oh, eggs from backyard chickens are terrible. I would only ever buy store-bought. And I think somebody even said, oh, no, I want the store-bought ones because they're cleaner, because your farm ones come out of the chicken's bum. Yeah, it's not a bum. It's a vent. (laughs) And, yes, lots of things come out of it. Urine, poo, eggs. It's where they have sex through. So, yeah, you know, when you think about it that way, it might seem a little gross. But... Store-bought and farmed eggs are one and the same, essentially. The eggs have got to come from somewhere. And now that we've, you know, in Australia, we've been lucky enough to field out, really cull that whole battery hen process, most of our chickens um, that you would buy store-bought eggs are barn-laid ones. So they're not kept in a cage. They're out roaming around with other chickens. But those ones don't have roosters. They do not, the com- big commercial layers do not have roosters in with their hens. And there's lots of reasons for that. I don't think they're necessarily good reasons, but they're, commercially they're producing as many eggs as they can with the minimum amount of damage or fuss or hassle to the hen. And they also don't want the hens going broody. And I think hens tend to a hen that is more likely to go broody will go broody when there's a hen when there's a rooster around um so store-bought versus farm neither are safer it comes down to proper handling and cleanliness um from the source so if they're handled correctly and and we'll discuss that in a little while too because there's certain camps that are different in regulation to that um but they are they're, they're coming from the same kind of chicken they're coming out the same way they're produced exactly the same way Like I say, the only difference is they're likely not fertilised because they don't have roosters running with them. But that's about the only difference. Uh, Next one was a question about colour again, which I've already answered. Um, All eggs sold in stores are fertile. As I just said, most of those store-bought eggs are not fertile because they're not exposed to roosters. Now, that being said, a rooster, if a rooster's been running with a hen a month ago, they can still be producing fertile eggs. But I'll discuss that a little bit further down too because that's one of the really Gucci little trivia topics regarding hens. Um, so egg spot, eggs with blood spots are unsafe to eat. I've had this one too. So the blood spot is actually just the little, fertilize, well, I call them fertilization dots, not blood spots. So it's an indication that the egg could have been fertilized now that being said i've heard people say that they've bought um store-bought eggs where they're not fertilized eggs where they're definitely you know kept in those big barns with no roosters and they still have blood spots on them i think um and and this is my lay opinion of it is that those spots are if you think of it like a like a um a biblical cord for a baby that spot is what that is. So that's just indicating that the egg could have been fertilised and hasn't been, or it hasn't been incubated enough to cause the fertilisation to turn into a chick. So yes, you can eat eggs with blood spots. They are not harmful. They are formed during the egg formation 
and they don't indicate that it's off, old, anything like that. They're just there and they're just part of the egg. Uh, eggs should be washed before storing them. This is one that I get all the time because I am very much in the one camp, which is I do not wash my eggs. Now, I'm not a commercial producer, so I don't have an obligation to wash eggs because I'm not selling, I'm not a registered producer who's selling more than you know, 600 eggs a week. So I don't have to wash them. What I do do is I have a little bit of a claim on my eggs that I say to my customers because I have a set customer base that I sell to. And I always say to them, if any of the eggs look like there's any kind of muck or anything on the outside of them, um, just give them a little wash before you use them, as in right before you use them. Store them as is. Now, the reason for that is when eggs are um, laid, when they're developed, as they come out of the chicken's vent, there's a, a chemical reaction that happens with some lubricant inside the chicken and it puts a thing called a bloom over the outside of the eggshell. Now that bloom is a protective coating and it helps the egg, it, you know, in the event that it's going to be fertilized and incubated, it helps the egg stay safer for longer. If you wash them, you wash the bloom off. Now that bloom keeps the egg fresher. So I don't wash my eggs because I want the bloom to stay on for longer because the longer that protective coating is on, the, the safer the egg is going to be long-term. And I've got to be honest, my eggs never last long enough to, to worry about the age of them anyway. Um, but I just prefer to leave that protective coating on. I think it's better for the egg. Um, that being said, um, the reason that commercial producers do it is because there are issues with, um, I think it's salmonella with eggs. So salmonella can be transferred from the chicken to the egg and then from the egg to a human, causing food poisoning, which is why some people also talk about raw eggs, not eating raw eggs. But realistically, a raw egg from a clean chicken, from a clean, um, you know, and certainly my, my chickens, you know, in their pasture-raised situation, we, don't, we haven't had any health issues, touch wood, for a very long time. Um, the last time I had health issues was when I was still keeping them in a chicken coop and only releasing them out to pasture um, of a daytime. And that's when we had parasite load problems. But we haven't had any major health issues. Now, if, um, if you're really concerned about that kind of thing, as I said, even if your eggs are unwashed that you're buying, so if you're buying from, straight from a farm gate and your eggs are unwashed, and you can ask the farmer, the farmer will tell you, um, if they're unwashed and you're worried about anything like that, just give them a wash, just a light wash with a sponge, the, the dishwashing sponge over them before you crack them. And that way, anything that might be on the outside is going to be gone. But don't do it until you're about to use them because otherwise you will reduce their lifespan. They won't last as long in the shelf, on the shelf, you know, in regards to that. Um, that being said, I also don't sell my eggs that are really, really dirty. So if when the nesting boxes get a little bit full and the girls are a bit argumentative, every now and then they'll crack an egg in there. Now, when they crack an egg, obviously, we end up with a bit of yellow gunk from the yolk um, all over the outside of the eggs. Those eggs are what I call my degrade eggs, and they stay here in the house for us, and we use them because we're not really worried about the fact that they're a bit yucky on the outside. Like I say, we just give them a wash before we use them if that's the case. Um, but I don't sell those ones because, you know, customers like to have eggs that aren't covered in goop and gunk and shit because, you know, they're chickens and they do shit in there sometimes. So 
that's the deal on washing eggs. I don't wash them and I would encourage people to really consider not washing them until you absolutely have to. Uh, double yolkers is another question that I get a huge amount of questions. Oh, do your eggs, your eggs, double yolkers. Look, we do get double yolkers. Um, we have a couple of older Australop girls still in the, in the paddock and the older Australops tend to, um, their eggs get bigger, bigger as time goes on. As they get older and they're laying for longer, their eggs get massive. Now those eggs I have, Sometimes I can't fit them in the egg cartons that I sell to my customers. So we generally keep them anyway. And I've probably, in the last six months, I've probably had five double yolkers. So they're not super rare. I don't think they're super rare because I see them a lot, I guess. Um, but they're, they're certainly not something that happens with every egg carton. You're not going to have a double yolker in every 12 eggs. Uh, and there is no difference with eating them. You've just won the jackpot and it's like getting a winning lottery ticket. <laughs> you crack an egg and you've got two yolks instead of one and that's awesome and you can go right ahead and eat them and use them as you normally would. Um, ah, one that I get regarding taste of eggs. Does the colour of the eggshell determine the egg's taste? <laughs> and, and that's what I mean. So many people ask this question about coloured eggs. They just... Ha- uh, there's an assumption out there and it's it's just from people not knowing um, that the egg is somehow different inside because of the color on the outside of the shell the egg is no different inside it is exactly the same it tastes exactly the same uh, my I think my eggs taste better than shopboard eggs but I think that's because the girls are pasture raised and because they're out there living their best chicken life and you know digging up bugs and worms and things like that and they get good layer pellets for their to make sure where their protein and nutrients are all up to scratch. Um, but they, you know, they chase down wild mouse in the in the paddock and eat that, and so their their health status is really really good. And because they're not living in that super confined kind of factory farm space, um, I think we have a, a much lower parasite load. So I think that makes the girls healthier, and healthier girls make healthier eggs. So it's a win win. Um, Oh, this one's a good one. I get asked this like literally every time I get a new customer. Should I keep my eggs refrigerated? <laughs> no is my answer. Um, that being said, I think Food Standards Australia will probably say, yes, you should refrigerate eggs. Refrigerating eggs will extend their shelf life. Um, however, I don't like to eat old eggs. So I actually would rather just eat them before they get to the point that they need refrigeration um, but that being said if you have a beautiful sunny kitchen that where there's you know direct sunlight streaming straight in onto your bench don't store your eggs in direct sunlight don't store them on the hottest part of the kitchen on the bench find a spot in your cupboard that's a cool um, dark area that doesn't have direct sunlight and like all things like all fresh produce if you store it in direct sunlight after it's been picked or hatched or laid out it's never going to last as long so you want to look at it like a you know putting it in a root cellar type situation if you can store it somewhere where it's cool dry and dark it is going to last a lot longer and that's that's all a refrigerator is cool dry well some some of them dry mine doesn't feel like it much at the moment um, and dark. Now, the, the coolness of the fridge is a lot lower than the coolness of an average kitchen. 
and that's why we store our fresh produce in a fridge. But there's no reason why you can't store eggs on a shelf in a coolish room and they will last for a very, very long time. Certainly they'll last longer than they would last in my household because they get eaten before then. I'm lucky I've got a couple of kids that absolutely love eggs. Okay, so the next series of questions I'm going to go on to are regarding roosters, which is the next thing that I get asked so much about. And again, I think it's just a really, you know, people just don't know. And, um, you know, they've never been exposed to them. If they haven't had roosters, if you've only ever had hens in your backyard or you may not have even had that at this point, I'm hoping there's a few listeners out there who are, you know, listening to these podcasts because they want to have chickens in their backyard in which case don't feel bad about not knowing these if you're not exposed to them all the time uh yeah you know there's no way of of learning this stuff and and I don't think it gets taught so many people just don't yeah we used to like my parents generation um I'm a I'm a gen xer but my parents generation so the boomers they regularly kept chickens in the backyard but my generation, I can't think of any of my friends that had chickens in the backyard. Um, certainly, you know, I'm a rarity amongst my group. Um, so the number one question I get is, do you need a rooster to get eggs from a chicken? And I think I've already covered this, but no, you do not need a rooster to get eggs from a chicken. A chicken will lay eggs no matter what, rooster or no rooster. What you do need is a rooster if you want fertile eggs. So if you want the eggs to be fertilized so that they can be incubated either by a broody hen or in an incubation, um, in an incubator, in a machine, then you need a rooster for that purpose. Um, So then the next question I get straight after that is, well, why would a hen lay an unfertilized egg? (laughs) Well, that's just mother nature. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of the biology of chickens to that degree, but chickens produce eggs no matter what they just keep producing them and you know as an egg develops inside a chicken it's it's way too big to stay in there now because of the um, nature of birds laying their eggs in order to incubate to to produce more offspring um, it's not like the egg is going to stay inside the chicken to get fertilized so they just keep laying eggs and when the egg is being fertilized because there's a rooster in the paddock with them then those eggs are fertile eggs. Now, they still don't hatch every fertile egg that they lay. They lay, I mean, my sex-linked chickens, so my eyes are browns, they don't sit. They do not go broody. They are likely never going to go broody and sit on eggs. My heritage breeds, my aracans, I've had twice. I've had them go broody and sit and hatch out eggs, and that's awesome. I've had my australop, I've had one sit and go broody and hatch out and I've had a Rhode Island Red do it as well so heritage breeds tend to go broody more often now if you want more information about that don't forget what I mentioned at the beginning about the breed webinar that I'm doing because I go through the kinds of breeds that are more inclined to go broody in that webinar so next question uh how does a hen fertilize an egg okay so this one and i actually got asked this by one of my son's friends the other day um he messaged me and said i don't understand (laughs) and it's a fair question a lot of people don't understand because chickens don't look like normal other animals like mammals like humans and goats and cows and horses when they're breeding they don't look the same so it is confusing for people so 
the simplest explanation for you. And if this is too graphic or you've got kids in the car and you don't want them to hear it, um, turn it down now. Uh, when a rooster mates with a hen, they have a little um, thing that comes out, that protrudes out. And I can't, I can never say the word. It's coloca or something like that. It's a sex organ. It's located internally. It comes out of the same vent that, that hens have. And the that's the rooster's penis, basically. That comes out and when mating, that organ comes out and it pushes sperm into the vent opening of the hen. Now, once that sperm goes in there, then it can go in and fertilize eggs that the hen is laying. The really, really fascinating bit about this, which is what I love, is that the semen can be stored in the oviduct for later use. So the hen doesn't necessarily use that sperm straight away. They can sit on that sperm. It's almost like with kangaroos, how they can hold off, you know, a, a, a embryo that's already formed. They can kind of stop it and slow it down and, and make it not kind of grow any further. Well, the hen can store that sperm in the oviduct and then when she's ready to lay the egg, the sperm will fertilize the egg before the shell surrounds it. That sperm can sit there for up to a month. So if you have hens that you have brought in as adult hens from somewhere else, if they were running with a rooster before they got to you, they can still be laying fertilized eggs for up to a month after they've been exposed to the rooster, which I think is amazing. It's It shows such a classic way of mother nature being able to manage the need for breeding. Um, you know, just imagine in the wild, you know, back in the day when, when chickens were not domesticated, you know, the rooster has done its thing, it's, it's you know, fertilised all these hens and then the rooster suddenly dies during a predator attack or something and the hens could then lay eggs for the next, you know, 10 days and have, well, they usually lay an odd number to sit on, so 11 days, we'll say, and then sit down and hatch out uh you know, babies out of those eggs that were fertilized after the rooster is deceased. I just think that's amazing. I, it's a chicken thing that I love and it just shows you how cool these little birdies are. Anyway, so that is how it happens. So next time somebody says to you, I just don't get how hens and roosters, it just looks really savage and all the rest, which is one of the next things I was going to discuss. The mating practices of roosters because I have so many people say to me oh my god when a rooster jumps on the back of a hen it looks so savage it's like they're raping them well to start with I don't like it being referred to as rape because that takes away from the human um, the, from a human victim who has been raped in my mind because it is very different what's happening in nature compared to what a rape actually is and as a police officer I have investigated sexual assaults and and I really don't like it being the animal kingdom's behavior patterns being referred to by human standards so can that one straight up so the roosters will go and they'll jump on the hens back in order to do their mating process when they do it it does look pretty savage certainly my son I can remember him coming to me and going mom other animals don't do it like that and and he's correct they don't do it like that it does look a bit rough However, the hens are not bothered by it. Let me tell you, the hens 
my hens in the paddock i watch them i've got two roosters amongst 45 hens and those two roosters have certain girls that they prefer that they mate with and there's obviously some kind of bond there and they will go and when they do do their mating you would expect the hen to be trying to get away and not happy about it no the hen stands there she cops it she walks away she usually gets a little bit of morsel of food off the rooster because the roosters my my two boys are very gentlemanly they'll bring over some food to try and get the girls to stand still for them to do what they have to do and the hens certainly don't run they're not avoiding it they will avoid it when it's continual so if you have not enough hens and too many roosters you will find that there'll be problems but when you have just the right amount of hens and roosters the girls they all cop it equally when i say cop it it sounds like they don't want it but you know what i mean they all get mated with in an equal fashion because the boys have got their set girls that they mate with and they don't they're not bothered by it they just walk off and you know the next day at about the same time the rooster will come and mate with them again now um that being said do flocks do better with roosters and this is another question that i get asked a lot you know if you've got a backyard situation where you know for most people in an urban homestead environment you can't keep roosters in an urban environment Uh, most of the councils have regulations about it so do uh, hen flocks do better with roosters well yes they do but that's not going to impact your hens significantly every now and then if you've got too many hens you'll get a, a, a female a hen that will start displaying some rooster-like behavior and the only reason for that is because birds chickens live in a pecking order status and so when they're in that pecking order status there has to be a top dog there has to be a top rooster a top hen now in my paddock i have a top rooster who's the older rooster out of the two the second rooster he still roosts on that top perch he is still considered to be on the top rung however there are hens who also roost on that top perch and they are considered to be the alpha hens in the paddock and one of them is Agnes, who's one of the oldest, and she's also an Arakan, so she's a heritage breed. And heritage breeds, even the smaller heritage breeds, tend to be um, not aggressive, but more assertive in where they sit in the pecking order. So for Agnes, as far as she's concerned, she is top of the pecking order as far as in amongst the hens. Now, she still bows down to the rooster. The rooster is still above her on the pecking order. But amongst the hens, she is top of the pecking order. Now, when you've got um, roosters, when you've got too many roosters, you'll have lots of fighting and you'll have lots of um, kind of vying for that top spot. And that's why you don't want too many roosters. So if you are in a rural environment and you can have a rooster, having one rooster amongst 10, 15, I think up to 20 hens, I would say you definitely could still have a rooster up to 20 hens and they'd still be doing just fine. In fact, to be honest, you could probably go up to 30 or 40 hens without a problem. We have two because we are hedging our bets in case one dies or anything happens to one of them, like a predator, then we would have a second one to, to back up. But our roosters are used as protection for the girls. So they will call out to the girls if an eagle comes over or if there appears a fox on the horizon, they will call out and make noises to tell the girls to run. 
And they do keep the girls in line. I feel that they do. Certainly watching the pecking order, it makes for a more ordered flock when there's a pecking order where there is a rooster at the top of that pecking order. So yes, they do do better in that pecking order environment when there is a rooster. But, but if you can't have a rooster, don't stress, they will develop their own pecking order with a top hen and that top hen will control things to a degree. Now, I have heard horror stories of the top hen starting to crow, which is awful in a backyard environment because your neighbours are not going to love you for this. Um, And also being very aggressive with other hens. Now, if that happens, sometimes you have to consider culling that female uh, because she may not ever kind of come back from acting very male-like. And sometimes they even stop laying eggs. They get so ingrained in that top pecking order system Um, but it can be altered by caging her for a little while like you would do with a broody hen just trying to break that cycle Um, or you know maybe that she needs to go and live with a a rooster so you might need to find somebody else who has an established flock who has a rooster amongst their flock and that will break that behavior Um, I've not had it happen here I've had female I've had hens that are Um, very assertive like Agnes and Agnes is only little she's a lot smaller than the other hens out there but she is very assertive so uh, males two roosters will fight with each other our two roosters don't because they have enough girls between them but if we we have got other roosters at the moment that are ready to go to freezer camp and if one of those roosters tries to go in we've got them separated but if they try to go in with the hens then it's on for young and old the two roosters that are in there at the moment will actually gang up on the other rooster and flog the crap out of him um, because he's encroaching on their turf and they have a great little pecking order system going and they don't want that person in there so um now with hens there's a really (laughs) really interesting thing that i wanted to tell you is that i only found out kind of recently like in the last couple of months i was reading an article about um hens and roosters and keeping them together and you know how to how to breed the best kind of breed from the best stock so here's a good one for you pecking order if you've got pecking order roosters so you've got say three roosters in a paddock with 50 hens one of those will be the top dog he'll be the top rooster then there'll be a second one and a third one there has to be a pecking order so there is an order to it hens have a way of preventing breeding with undesirable roosters so those hens will look at that third pecking order rooster and say "Eh, he's not as attractive he doesn't have i don't like his claws his his feathers aren't as pretty you know and they do the hens do base it on tail feathers believe me my sam has got the most amazing tail feathers and i swear that's why he has been the top rooster for so long um so hen might reject a rooster now when the breeding cycle is happening the top pegged rooster will have first dibs on all the girls so he will have first option in our case sam probably targets about half the girls in the paddock as a first option he picks them first and then um, the other rooster who we call ostrich because he's quite tall um, ostrich will go and he will target the other half now if a hen gets targeted by a rooster who she doesn't deem to be suitable um, genetically and she doesn't want to mate with that particular rooster, they have this amazing thing they can do where they can eject semen out of their vent. 
I did not know this. I only found this out like two months ago. So a hen, when so the top rooster mates with them first because he's the top dog, then a second rooster comes in and tries to mate with them and they don't like that rooster. They think that rooster is genetically inferior. They will eject the sperm out of their vent or most of the sperm so that the chances of the lower status rooster breeding with them is reduced. And it's more likely that the semen from the first rooster is the one that's going to fertilize their eggs. I have, I did not know that. I'm amazed. And I think that's awesome because that means that the hen is essentially in control of who's fertilizing her eggs, which, you know, is a bit of a feminist. I'm, I'm down with that. I'm okay with that. Um, so, uh, interesting to know that the hen decides which rooster is going to fertilize her eggs. I love it. Uh, all right. Now, next question is, do chickens, are chickens intelligent? Do chickens recognize things? Chickens are way more intelligent than you give them credit for. They can recognize faces. They also understand vocal um, calls between other chickens and vocal words between humans. You can train a chicken like you could any other bird to do certain things. Um, and I have seen some people do some pretty amazing stuff with chickens. Um, but the really interesting thing that I think is that chickens actually recognize um, genetically linked birds within their own flock. So say, for example, we've got Agnes, who is our top bird, who's an Arakan. She is the mother of Topnotch and Goat Chicken. Topnotch and Goat Chicken uh, look identical almost. They have these puffy little heads that Arakans have and um, both shiny black with the green tinge kind of thing. Both of them lay blue or green eggs. And goat chicken sees herself as very much special and doesn't want to live in the in with the rest of the flock. And she flies out every time we put her in there. So she actually lives down in the goat house because she doesn't want to live with the rest of them. She sat on eggs um, some oh, beginning of the year and hatched out four beautiful baby girl arakans, which I am so happy that they're all girls because they've started laying eggs. They have these beautiful little fairy eggs. Um, and if you don't know what fairy eggs are, go to my social medias go to mojo homestead on instagram or facebook and you'll see some videos on fairy eggs um so her four hens hatched we kept them in the brooder house until they're big enough we had to make sure that they were old enough before they went into the paddock because there can be pecking order disputes when new birds are introduced so we put them into the paddock agnes has recognized these chickens as being her own as being essentially they're her granddaughters if you look at it from a human perspective. So she has already recognized these chickens, these hens, as being her genetic makeup. All four of those hens are already on the top perch. They're not even a year old and they are sitting up on the top rung with their grandmother and their auntie um, and they sit up there with the roosters. They've they've climbed the pecking order ahead of birds that have been in there for, for well, they've been with Agnes for the last three years and they still shot up above those birds onto that pecking order top level. So they do recognize their own genetic uh, links within their herds, within their flocks. I say herds because I'm always thinking of goats. But yeah, they do recognize. It's, it's amazing how it's affected the social dynamic in the paddock that these birds are, you know, top of the rung. They're, they're part of Agnes's tribe. So they get special treatment. 
So the next question that I get asked a million times, oh my God, I just realized the time, we're going long on this one. Um, I thought it was going to be a quick one. Um, chickens only eat grains and seeds. Uh, bullshit. <laughs> Call bullshit on that one. I have said it before and I'll say it again. Chickens are omnivores. They will eat just about anything that you give them. There are some things that people say don't give them, like things like raw meat. I've got to be honest, mine eat raw meat because they eat mice live in the paddock. So the raw meat thing, I, I call bullshit on that as well. My chickens eat worms, bugs, mice, uh, lizards. They'll eat other eggs. Like if somebody cracks an egg, they will eat the egg. Um, they eat layer pellets. They eat some scratch mix, but we don't give it very often because it is like chicken candy. So... And all the vegetation and, and grass and things like that that are in the paddock normally. Now, on that, if you are thinking about getting chickens, just remember that layer pellets are the most complete food for them. If they're out in the paddock in the pasture like mine are, they will be exposed to all these awesome other things that they can eat, which is just wonderful and great for their diet. But layer pellets are, I hate to say it's the one time I'm going to say commercially produced is best commercially produced layer pellets are a complete food for your chickens uh, just in the same way that an egg is a complete food for us humans and or steak is <laughs> and so feeding them layer pellets you will make sure that you have the healthiest birds possible to lay the healthiest eggs possible uh, but they have a very diverse diet anybody that tells you chickens are vegetarians or that these eggs are vegetarian eggs because the chickens were only fed a vegetarian diet Oh God, it just kills me. It really does. Chickens aren't vegetarian. They shouldn't be fed a vegetarian diet. They should absolutely have animal products given to them or offered to them or the ability to obtain them. Uh, that's going to make the healthiest bird and the healthiest egg. So uh, other couple of things that I just wanted to touch on that sometimes people ask is uh, trivia. Trivia one for the week is, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Electorophobia, electorophobia, which is the fear of chickens. Hmm, didn't know that. There you go. Uh, now, hens. Average hen lays about 260 eggs a year. That being said, there have been breeds that have been modified in their breeding uh, to, to get the best laying eggs. And I think the best so far sits at about 370 something eggs in a year, which is more than an egg a day, which is insane. <laughs> um, and the, the average chicken lays about every 24 to 27 hours. So if you're getting six eggs a week off your birds, then you're that's that's good. You're doing well. Um, most of my girls when they're young I am getting seven out of seven um, but as they get a bit older it does kind of dwindle off so that you might only get four in a week uh, and um, yeah so 260 in a year and how long do they lay for well a typical hen lays like that for about two years now Sex-linked chickens are different. Sex-linked ch chickens, are, that's your eyes are browns and things like that. They are bred to produce as much eggs as possible in the shortest time frame. So they will lay like crazy for two years and then they drop right off. Heritage birds, on the other hand, are longer laying. So you might get four to five years of really good egg production out of them. But they're likely going to go through molts and things like that and they will have times where they're not laying as many or they might only lay six a week 
but they will lay for longer. That being said, how long does a chicken live for? Average lifespan is 10 to 12 years. Bet you weren't expecting that. Our girls don't last that long because despite what how some people would be mortified by this, we have what we call the stewing chickens. So once chickens get to a point where they are too old and they are not laying, uh, then we do consider whether or not if they're big enough, if they're healthy enough, then we look at putting them in the pot. Um, any excess roosters we have automatically go to the pot. And um, once a year, we try and do a batch of meat birds so that we can fill the freezer up because we probably eat chicken once or twice a week. Um, so, yeah. We, um, we certainly have enough meat coming in to make the freezer full of chickens. Um, but 10 to 12 years. Now, Agnes is currently our oldest and she is six. No, she's, yeah, she's six. Yeah, she's just six years old now. So she's six years old and she is still laying probably about three to four eggs a week, which, yeah, I've got no reason to cull her. Not that I would probably get away with culling her because... Um, the handy helper is way more attached to chickens than what I am and he would probably do the whole oh let's just let her retire on the farm she's such a beautiful bird so yeah I doubt very much she'll end up in the pot no matter what uh, and what else do I have here I think that's it I think that's all of my questions that I get asked I'm still in shock over the whole the chicken can eject sperm from the from the rooster that she dislikes the most i just think that's so cool it's yay girl power for us hens the hens are uh, in control of the situation which i just love anyway i hope you found that all interesting i uh certainly get asked those questions some of those questions i get asked probably on a weekly basis um and, and it does, sometimes I get really surprised that people don't know it. And then I really have to remind myself, I have a business mentor who helps me out with the stuff that I've been learning to, in order to teach people about backyard chicken keeping. And she often says, just remember the stuff that you know, that you think is, is, you know, automatic assumed knowledge. That doesn't mean that everybody else knows that. And, and it's so true. So if you didn't know any of those things, don't feel bad lots of people don't know and now you do so next time you go to a trivial pursuit kind of question night thing if there's any chicken questions you'll be all over it anyway uh that's it for me for this week um i hope that you will join me for my breed webinar so don't forget about that go along uh to mojo homestead and you'll find breed webinar if you're on my socials you'll see it in the links um certainly on instagram the launch links up the top We'll have the breed webinar stuff in there so you can go and link to it there and um, register. And like I say, even if you can't be there live, register because you'll get sent a copy of the recording which makes it really easy for you. Anyway, that is it for me and I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you all next week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed our time together. If you did, I'd be so grateful if you left me a review. I would also absolutely love it if you tagged me in your next post on your favourite socials at either Not The Farmer's Wife or Mojo Homestead. And don't forget to get your free guide to backyard chicken keeping at www.mojohomestead.net backslash seven must knows. And remember, grow the life you want to live. See ya.